My name is Matthew Becker. I'm a husband, a level one CrossFit trainer, a CrossFit affiliate owner, personal trainer, Olympic lifting coach, lawyer, blogger, employer, mentor. Oh, and I own a retired racing greyhound. I have a lot on my plate and I gotta keep moving forward. In business, they say if you aren't growing, you are dying. So to keep moving forward, I have to improve by 1% every day. It's called the aggregation of marginal gains. It requires me to optimize my life as much as possible. On the Stronger Revolution podcast, I share strategies with you so that you can improve your life by 1% every day. Hello and welcome back. Thank you guys all for listening all the time. It is because you guys listen that I continue to put out these episodes. Today's episode is a listener request, which actually I really enjoy receiving listener requests for a couple of different reasons. One, it tells me that people are actually listening, which is great. That gives me the motivation to continue to put out this uh, information in a way that I hope is helpful to you in your life. Secondly, it tells me that you guys are not only listening, but also thinking about these concepts. And you're thinking about them in a way that it's raising other questions that you then want me to answer that may be questions that I either don't realize that are out there and existing or don't think you guys necessarily care or want me to do a whole episode on it. So when you bring up um, requests for me to talk about certain topics, I'm happy to look into those to see if there is enough information there. Or maybe I can just answer your question on the spot. But uh, this one in particular, a listener asked me if I could do an episode on the art of saying no. And I thought, yes, that actually fits very well with the podcast and the idea of the aggregation of marginal gains. Because if we can't say no, then we can't create the space in our lives that we need in order to put toward goal progress and the aggregation of marginal gains. So when we get into the episode today, I want you to ask yourself throughout the entire episode, are you the type of person who feels inclined to say yes to everything, or are you one of the lucky few who actually don't have an issue saying no? When we think about saying no to people, the secret isn't so much in how to say no. That's actually the easy part. And yeah, okay, bear with me, because the easy part is actually saying no. The hard part is facing the fear of the backlash that's going to come with you saying no, and or feeling like you have a legitimate reason to say no. That's the tricky part. Telling somebody, no, I don't want to do that, that's actually quite easy. And we keep going down this road of fear. Maybe I should have have titled like this whole series of the last few episodes on fear because it keeps coming up. Fear and why we don't want to stay present. Fear and something that blocks us from overcoming adversity. And fear and the reaction of the other person if we're going to tell them no. No, I don't want to do that. Well, now they're going to be mad at us because we don't want to do that. No, I don't want to go out on a Friday night. Well, now they're going to be mad at us because either they're going out alone or I'm not going to be there or now they don't get to go out at all. And these can be fears, which are projections of something that's going to happen in the future. 
that can prevent us from saying no and ultimately saying yes, and potentially saying yes with regret. So the art of saying no lies in getting over that fear. And to help you get over that fear, you need to come up with a reason to say no. And it doesn't have to be a real complicated reason. For example, I assume that just about everybody who listens to this show is a purpose-driven person. I think we can all agree on that. You're probably an active person. You probably have a lot of goals that you're setting. Uh, You're probably a very productive person. And so when we're looking for a quote-unquote reason to say no, it's very easy then to just fall back on your purpose. You can't carry out your purpose if you have that defined if you're always catering to everything everybody is asking you to do. If your goal requires you to sit down and write, but you can't create the time to sit down and write because you're constantly telling other people, oh yeah, I'll go do that. Oh yeah, not a problem, I'll call you then. Oh yeah, okay, I can, I can go do that for you. Well, then you're never going to carry that out. You can't reach your goals if you never take the time or create the space to work toward those goals. If you have a goal in mind, and you never actually have the time or make the time to complete that goal, then you have to sit down and make a decision. Either one, it's not actually a goal, or two, you have to start saying no to other people in order to create the space to complete that goal. And so something like a purpose, and doing just about anything, whether it's your purpose in life or whether it's just a purpose that you want to carry out over the next 30 days, or again, maybe it. sometimes when we talk about purposes that need to be very emotional purposes, maybe it's something like you have a purpose in your life right now to spend time with a particular person. Maybe that purpose isn't going to be there long-term, but maybe it's a short-term thing that you want to spend time with this particular person. Well, if you're constantly saying yes to everybody else to do things and fill your calendar, then you're not able to carry out your purpose of spending time with this one particular person. And if that's an emotion-filled purpose, then saying no to other people becomes very easy. Another reason that we are going to say no to people is to create stillness or separation in our life. This is a kind of a concept that we haven't really talked about on the show to any great length up at this point. The concept of separation is one that I believe I first heard from Ben Bergeron podcast. He just mentioned it kind of in passing, and then I sort of picked up on it, and it was something that rung true literally in my ears when I was listening to him. And so I started to look into it a little bit more. Ryan Holiday touches on this uh, in his most recent book, Stillness is the Key. Ryan Holiday is a Stoic author, a modern-day Stoic author that we talked about briefly in the last episode through books like The Daily Stoic. He takes these rather thick, big Stoic concepts, and he boils them down, and then he puts a sort of a modern twist on it so that we can read them, understand them, and start to apply them um, to our everyday lives. I learned it as separation. He teaches it as stillness. But basically, you're creating space. You're separating yourself in your life from distractions. 
Now, it is an underlying concept on this podcast that we need to do things like get away from our phones, get away from our TVs, get away from our computers, reduce our screen time. We talked a lot about that um, in morning and evening routines. We have to limit when we start to look at screens when we get up in the morning or elongate that out so that we're not picking them up as soon as we get out of bed. And then also getting rid of screens when we start to wind down um, in time to get to bed in order to give our brains an opportunity to relax. These are all examples of separation or providing stillness in our lives. It's the same concept. And how this relates to no is you have to be able to say no to individuals or, or events or whatever in order to provide that separation or stillness so that your mind has an opportunity to do things like rest or to clear itself out from just like the daily distractions. You know, how many times are you working on a really big project and by the end of it, you're just like, God, my brain is so tired. It's just so full of all these concepts and questions and I just keep going over and over and over it all again. Stillness or separation is what you need in order to allow your brain to clear itself out and sort of reset. You also need this in order to come up with new ideas or just to think. You cannot do this if your calendar is so full that you're pretty much a slave to your calendar. If you're the type of person that is trying to run from one event to another event to another event in this hectic, sort of frantic, anxiety-filled way, because you constantly have something filling your calendar, stillness is like the furthest thing from you. You need to start to create a little bit of space. And the first thing to do to create some of that space is to say no to people. Can you be here tonight at this meeting? No, I can't. Another thought along this idea of why we need to say no, reasons we need to say no, is ask yourself, are you really helping anybody when you are constantly stretched too thin. This is something else that we've kind of touched upon in the past, right? I made a statement a couple of episodes ago that multitasking is not a real thing, at least not for our human brains, because we can't concentrate fully on more than one thing at one time. This is sort of very similar. We can't concentrate on ourselves. We can't concentrate on what matters to us. We can't concentrate on our families if we are constantly telling other people yes. There's another idea um, when you're looking at a profession or you're looking at becoming an expert uh, at something in particular that anybody can be the expert at one thing. Anybody can be really good at two things. You can be pretty darn good at three things, and then beyond that, you're literally stretched too thin. Same idea here. If I'm trying to say every yes to every opportunity that's going to come into my life, then there's no way I can have enough time and energy to dedicate to one, two, or three things that are going to become really big things in my life. You know, I was sort of laughing after releasing last episode on, uh, on overcoming adversity because during that episode, I had talked a little bit about... Um, the drive home, and I, oh, oh, I was I was using it as an example that 
when we drive home, we can and we get caught in traffic, right? We have two sort of ways of looking at this. Either one, we can say, oh crap, I'm in traffic, and you can get all mad and angry, and you can let it ruin the entire day, and, and you can just sit there and tap your toes and swear and curse and everything at the amount of time it's going to take you to get through traffic. Or you can instead look at adversity as an opportunity. You know, it's an opportunity to grow in patience. It's an opportunity to learn. Going along with this episode and this concept of stillness, and maybe I just did a completely different episode on stillness and separation, but it's an opportunity, traffic is, in order to create separation or stillness in your life. And so I'm driving home last, uh, I think it was like last Friday. Earlier in the day, I had dealt with um, a client. It wasn't a client issue. It was just a client question about a membership. And a client had put their membership on hold and then they were ready to come back off hold and come back to the gym. And I was in the client um, profile and I was looking at this. And for some reason, I couldn't figure out what I had done back when I put the client on hold because it just didn't make sense now that I was trying to take him off hold. And I didn't really think much of it through the rest of the day until I was sitting in traffic. Literally that night, I was trying to go home and I nailed a whole bunch of traffic at the early part of my trip. And I thought, Initially, well, okay, guess I'm not getting home anytime early. Here's some adversity, right? Because these are the conversations that I have with myself and my brain. So what did I do? I put on some classical music and I sat back and I just let my mind go. And sure enough, there came the explanation about what was so confusing about this client's profile and membership and how to fix it. All right. Back to this concept of saying no. Now, I get it. This is all really easy to just sit here and talk about in sort of like theory and say, oh, okay, well, I need to create space in my life in order to uh, carry out my purpose, in order to carry out my goals, and in order to spend time with my family. So I'm just going to say no. I'm just going to start saying no to things. And that can be tough. You get friends who ask you to do something and you don't like to say no to your friends. Uh, a couple different reasons. You know, maybe you think, well, if I say no to my friends too many times, they're going to get mad at me and they're going to stop being my friend. Or maybe if I say no to my friends too many times, they're going to stop asking me to do things. You can also be scared that you're just going to upset people. You know, the, the individual who um, asked me to do an episode on saying no, I imagine, I think probably because she told me about this, is that she gets asked a lot by um, other people in her life to do things. And she doesn't like saying no to them, one, because it's kind of like her job to say yes, but two, she's just scared that she's going to upset people. And these can be valid concerns. But if you think about it, again, you can't just be a slave to any and other, uh, uh, everybody's whim asking you to come do something. You know, one of the examples that Ryan Holiday gives in his book, Stillness is Key, um, that is very applicable here because he actually has a chapter on saying no, is that pilots get to say they're on standby. Doctors, police, and firemen all get to be on call. And everybody looks at this and they think it's a legitimate excuse that, oh, well, that fireman gets to say no because he's on call. So yeah, I understand he can't come out tonight because he's on call. Or the doctor gets to say no 
that he doesn't want to have a drink tonight when he's out being peer pressured by his friends because he's on call and he might have to go to the hospital. And everybody just accepts that as an acceptable excuse. Well, oh, okay, you get to say no for your job. There's your reason. It's my job. And that's okay. But why is it then not okay for me to say, no, I'm on call to my family? Or no, I'm on call to my greater purpose. Or no, I'm on call to whatever it is that I have to do the next day. I'm not literally going to say it that way, but it's the same thing. Do you want to go out tonight, Matt? No, thanks. I need to get up first thing tomorrow morning. Why? Because I'm on call to the gym. I have to be here to open. Matt, can you help me Friday or, or Saturday afternoon to go do something? No. Because I'm on call to my wife. That's our time to spend together. Right? I do things throughout the entire week that I'm constantly away from home. The weekend is my time. I, sorry, I, I can't help you. Other people have to start to accept that that's okay. You can say no, and that's okay. Really. I mean, if you say no to your friends, and they stop being your friends, I mean, reverse engineer, were they ever really... That great of friends to begin with, that's for you to decide. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to judge that. Um, saying no also needs to be looked at as a balancing act. And it is a constant balance. It's going to go constantly back and forth. And very rarely are you going to actually feel in control of this balance. And this is what I mean by this. Let's assume for a second that you're the type of person who never says no to anything. And anytime anybody asks you to do something, you constantly say yes. My wife would probably say I'm, I'm this person, but really I'd say no more than I think she realizes. But you are constantly the person that says yes. So 100% of your time is generally dedicated to doing something either for or with somebody else. You have no time to yourself. All right, that's that extreme. Then we go to the other extreme in which you've now become a hermit because you're at home by yourself constantly and nobody calls you to do anything because you do nothing at all other than say no. No, I can't go out. No, I can't do that. No, I can't help. No, 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 no. You've taken this to the extreme. Well, you can't do that. You have to find something in the middle and it's a balancing act. And the way that you're going to resolve this balancing act is you're going to decide. All right, I have no other reason to say no to this, so I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes to this, and I'm available Friday afternoon, so I'm going to say yes to this, and I like my friend, so I am going to help him move, right? And you keep saying yes until you start to realize that either one, it's influencing your other relationships that you really care about, it's impacting your life in a negative way, which oftentimes constantly saying yes is going to, or You've now pissed somebody else off that you care about. And at that point, you start to say no to things. You say, no, I can't do that. No, I can't come out tonight. No, I can't stay here any longer. Right? I have to get home. And at that point, the pendulum kind of starts to swing back the other way. Right? And so we start to take back control of our lives a little bit. Until we start to feel like we now said no too often and people aren't asking us to do reasonable things or we feel like we're not contributing or giving back and then we start saying yes and it kind of swings back the other way. One of the best 
sort of reasons or explanations that I've come across recently that can be applied to this concept of saying no came from the book Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert M. Persig. That's P-I-R-S-I-G if you're interested. The book itself has really nothing to do with this concept of saying no. It's a um, story that is told of a father and son who ride motorcycles, and that's how they see the United States, sometimes up into Canada. But And then during that, uh, there's a lot of philosophical overlay along the entire book. Um, I highly recommend it for anybody who just wants to think about a lot of things, but there's a lot of various concepts within the book. And then there's actually like another book that was written by a couple of philosophy professors, sort of explaining a lot of the philosophy that is laid out in the book. Um, But at one point in the book, the author is talking about a professor at a university and the difficulty that this professor is having because while it's a liberal arts college where this uh, person is is teaching, there has started to become a lot of legislative control and influence from contributors to the university as to what exactly is being said, what exactly is being taught, and what is being put out in the media about the university from the professors. And so there's this lot of control that is coming in and being exacted upon the university. And this particular professor is sort of rebelling against this amount of control. And in it, he draws the comparison to a church. And in doing so, he says that a pastor or minister's job in a church is to carry out the will of God. It may seem like the church itself is being created to benefit the community, and that's a great byproduct. But really, the leader of the church's goal is to carry out the will of God. And sometimes, in doing so, members of the congregation don't always like what the minister is doing in carrying out the will of God. Maybe they don't like a sermon or a particular message, and they come to the minister and they complain, basically. And the minister is then put into a crossroads. Either one, he can go along with the complaints and change his message and sort of violate that purpose or higher call that he has to carry out the will of God because now he's carrying out the will of the people and their preferences, or he can say no. Thank you for your suggestion, but what you're asking me to do does not align with what I believe to be the will of God, and so therefore, I understand, but that's not my purpose. That's not going to be best here in the long run. And in the story, the author then draws this connection to this professor. And this professor who calls it the Church of Reason in reference to the university, saying that a professor at a university, his sole job is to teach the truth. His job is not to the university. His job is not to carry out what these legislatures are telling him that he should or shouldn't be allowed to to teach. His job is to teach the truth. He has a higher calling to teach the truth. And so therefore, when somebody comes in and says, hey, I need you to teach something else, and he doesn't believe that it is the truth or what he should be teaching, he then has a duty to say, no, I'm not going to teach that because you've hired me 
to teach the truth. And this, through whatever research I have done, is what I believe to be the truth. And so that, therefore, I'm going to do it that way. And you can use this in your own lives. If you want to sit down, like we often do with this podcast, and start to think to yourself, what are my higher callings? What is my purpose? Why am I doing what it is that I'm doing? Why am I carrying out the particular actions that I am carrying out? Who sort of is dictating, whether it's God, whether it's the Stoic concept of Logos, whether it's any other form of deity who you believe you are living in order to please, perhaps it's just duty itself or virtue. You can look at this and when people come into your lives and they ask you to do things that you believe are in violation of this, that's a really good reason to say, thanks but no thanks, I'm here to serve X. And in doing so, I can't do what you're asking me to do. Maybe you can use that concept at work every once in a while. If you've been asked to carry out a certain project and you're in the middle of it and then another boss comes up and says, or another person in the Um, the job comes up and asks you to do something else or in contradiction to what you're currently doing, you can easily say, no, I'm already doing this for the person who is above both of us. And that's my duty. And that's going to take precedent over what it is that you're asking me to do. So it's all well and good once we have a reason to say no, but how do we actually say it? I said earlier in the podcast, it's pretty easy, but there's still some art to actually saying no. First, Be direct. Don't apologize and don't lie. No, I can't do that because I'm staying home with my wife tonight. All right? You don't have to feel bad about that. Or, no, I can't do that because Saturday mornings are dedicated to my family. Okay. And you don't have to say always, I'm sorry, but no. No, thank you. I'm sorry. Right? To me, apologizing for it all the time simply means that there's a reason that you should feel bad about it. And in these cases, there often isn't. You're imposing that reason to feel bad about it. Say no and move on. Be polite about it, though. You don't have to be a dick and be like, no, and just run away. Be polite about it. And don't say, let me think about it. That goes back to be direct. Don't leave the door open. If you don't want to do something, tell somebody you're not going to do it. Don't say, hey, let me think about it and I'll get back to you in like five days, right? I do this and I often end up shooting myself in the foot for doing this. If I don't want to do it, I'm trying to get in the habit of saying I'm not going to do it, right? Don't tell people you're going to think about it and get back to them. Keep in mind that your self-worth does not depend on how much you do for others. I think a lot of us get caught up in that. Your self-worth does not depend on how much you do for others. If you need some help with this, pull out a journal. Love the journal. Every time you start saying yes to something that you're kind of wishy-washy about whether or not you really want to do, mark that down. Write it down, put a date on it, that what it is that you're agreeing to do. Then come back to it after you're done doing it and write down your thoughts and feelings about how you feel about actually doing it. Do you regret it? Are you resentful of that person now? Probably and go ahead and make note of that. And after you've made note of that a few times, that's a strong motivator to stop saying yes to everything. This stuff is not going to be easy at first. But when you start getting in the habit of saying no to people, it becomes a little bit easier. And really, it's very satisfying. 
The quote for this episode comes from Steve Jobs. If you don't know him, he's the creator of the iPhone and other things at Apple. But Steve Jobs says, quote, it's only by saying no that you can concentrate on the things that are really important, end quote. To the individual who asked me to do this episode, I hope I have helped you in some way look at ways to start saying no. For everybody else, I hope I've brought in light to, if you are a yes person, and the importance of starting to say no every once in a while in your life so you can create some space, some separation, to do things that are really important to you. As always, thank you for listening. If you have an idea for a future episode, let me know. I'm going to continue on with our series, but I'm always happy to do some episodes here and there to fit them in. Thanks again.